Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do we do all of this for? Uh, the fans? Exactly. The fans. Though, in this case, we mean the fans from Fanimation Ceiling Fans. It has been hot this summer, and you know, who couldn't use a new fan in their place? I know I could. Fanimation is a family-owned business. They're a leader in the ceiling fan industry with a wide selection of high-quality, versatile, and customizable fans. Their fans are sold across the USA and around the world. But did you know their headquarters are right here in Indiana? We're right here in Indiana. I know. That's crazy. Make sure you go to Fanimation.com to find out where you can get your very own Fanimation fan today. Episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I am James Hinchcliffe. And I am the other one in that title of people. It's like tough because you use your whole last name, but I only use half of my last name in the intro. And like Doesn't that mean your half is good? Um, yeah, but potentially. Potentially. Not or am I twice as efficient? I think you're twice as efficient and probably twice as good based on the little, you know, foray into commercials we did yesterday. James and I were recording. Um for an announcement that's coming that out soon, <laughs> but like it took me uh, probably five minutes to um, read my lines, whereas it took James about 40 seconds to memorize his lines and he delivered it on the first time with a lot of enthusiasm and excitement. Meanwhile, I was just sitting there mumbling through it all. So um, yeah, that makes sense why it's off track with Hinch and the charity of including me. So thanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they called me uh, the one-shot wonder. Poor Ben. Yeah, your um, wife does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Alex, uh, and I guess Tim, welcome back. Uh, welcome back to all the listeners. And we are here. Uh, it is the, uh, what, Wednesday before the Pocono race, and we're heading into kind of the home stretch of the season, Alex. We've got four races left. You're thick in the championship battle. Uh, how do you feel about the next four events we got? Uh, good, man. I mean, I think that once we got through Iowa, we knew that our worst tracks were kind of behind us. So, um, yeah, we've been looking forward to these last four. And, uh, as you know, it's every single track we go to is crazy challenging these days with, with just how close everyone is and, and how difficult it seemingly is to pass with the lack of yellows and all that jazz. So, um, yeah, four pretty critical weekends coming up and hopefully we can do enough to, be celebrating something in, at the end of September. Well, we got Pocono next, which you've won at. Uh, yeah. We've got Gateway. You, you've done well, you know, at similar tracks like in Phoenix. Um, Portland, you were having a dominating race last year before uh, an untimely yellow. Laguna is sort of a wild card. Which of the four remaining are you most looking forward to and think, you know, is maybe your best shot at, uh, at grabbing another victory on the season? Um, honestly, I think 
Portland and Laguna are probably our two best shots. I mean, as, as, as quick as we've been at uh, Pocono in the past, you know, it's I read some stat that we've had like 12 IndyCar races there and seven of them have been won by Penske. Um, I think six the, of those are willpower. <laughs> and the other like current teams have won like two and one. So it's it's neat. Um, so I'm not overly confident going into that one. Um, but yeah, I think the road course pace has been strong this year. So hopefully that'll remain true for the final two. What about you, James? Where are you feeling most excited? Uh, honestly, I'm looking forward to getting back to Portland. I, uh, I had kind of like a weird weekend there last year where we sort of struggled. Yeah. Yeah, We sort of struggled in the buildup to qualifying and actually like found something for the car for qualifying that made it so much better. We just missed out on the fast six, started seventh, had a good start for the first two corners. And then corner three was a bit of a disaster and we ended up in a wreck and had to get the car fixed and 20 laps down or whatever. So, but it's that's like the worst kind of wreck because you're not out, out, you're just out and miserable, and there's no chance you can do anything, so you have to keep going, right? And like Marco had literally driven over my head and like hit me in the head with his tire, so my neck was kind of sore, and I really didn't want to go back out. But, but the cool thing is, anyway. as you were as you were 20 laps down and circulating, um, you probably saw Marco's plane take off over the racetrack. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, I was a little too focused on trying to keep my damaged race car pointing forwards, but yeah, well, it's kind of like, didn't, wasn't Dixon in that wreck and still winning? I don't want to no, talk about that. Dixon, situation. Dixon was in the wreck, but he, and he ended up fifth, you know, yeah. it was one of those. Not only was he in the wreck, but he got a drive-through penalty for speeding in pit lane. He wasn't <laughs> fast at all. I was about to put him a lap down, and then um, my teammate crashed, and I went to like 15th, and Dixon went to the front. So that was cool. That Dixon kid's got a future in this sport. Yeah, I think he'll do something great one day. <laughs> he might go somewhere. You never know. You never What's... know. If I was a betting man. <laughs> I am. Uh, so should so I? Yeah. Yeah, you should. You should definitely bet on him for some stuff. For some um, stuff. Yeah, so Portland, because I haven't actually raced there yet, as far as I'm concerned. And then obviously Laguna. I mean, you know, that uh, is such an iconic track, and it's so cool to get to go back there. I had uh, a lot of really great races there and, you know, junior formula growing up. So uh, so excited to uh, to get back to old, what is it called? Weather Tech Raceway, Laguna Seca, I think is what it's called now. It's called something. There's a lot of words associated with words. it. Yeah. <laughs> I think Mazda's still in it, aren't they? Like, they're not the no. main. Are you sure? Oh, I don't know. I'm I think it's sure. WeatherTech Raceway presented by or still secretly supported by Mazda. You mean Mazda? You don't, you don't see a lot of secret sponsorships right. these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, little counterintuitive, but okay. it is the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. That's not the name of the tracks, though. No, we oh, were that's talking not the about. name of the tracks. All right. But yeah. thanks for your input. That was Weather Tech Raceway of Laguna Seca, previously known as Laguna Seca Raceway. No, that's not true. Uh, I'm not just going off the previously app. known as that. James, you had a you had a big bit in the news. You had a kind of a bombshell going on that everybody, I'm sure everybody wants to hear your take on it. Who would have thought that McLaren actually came through? And, no, 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 and, no, no, uh, no, 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 not, not the McLaren stuff. Nobody cares about the McLaren stuff. I'm talking about how James got married. Yeah, guys, I got super married, which was oh. kind of cool. Um, it was kind of cool. You were both there. 
and someone else that was there is actually going to be a guest on the show today. So let's welcome her uh, for the first time uh, introduced on Off Track with Hinch and Rossi as, oh. let me finish, as Mrs. Becky Hinchcliffe. Wow. Mr. James Dalton. But before we get to that... James, have you checked out Fanimation.com yet? Have I? This site is amazing. With Fanimation's easy-to-navigate website, you can find the perfect fan for your home. They're sleek, they're stylish, and most importantly, they work. Fanimation focuses on fit, form, and function to make the perfect fan for your needs. Which is a big deal when we're in the middle of a summer this hot. Not only can you browse their amazing models, Fanimation.com can tell you where to buy and... With FanSync, once you get your fan, you can control your fans from your smartphone. I love a smart home, you know, because I'm not, you know, the, the sharpest. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. You know, the ability to control my fan by either Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, that's a game changer. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a fan of fans. Get it? Ugh. Which makes Fanimation's Antique Fan Museum in Zionsville a must-see. Who isn't a fan of fans, honestly? Fanimation is a family-owned business. They're a leader in the ceiling fan industry with a wide selection of high-quality, versatile, and customizable fans. Fanimation fans are sold across the USA and around the world, but their headquarters are right here in Indiana. Go to Fanimation.com to find out where you can get your very own Fanimation fan today. Welcome back. Uh, we are joined, as I said, by uh, Becky Hinchcliffe for the first time. And I want to just say, darling, uh, you did a remarkable job with the wedding because it's got to be noted that you didn't have a planner or really any help from me because I was pretty busy working. And I think you pulled off a pretty incredible wedding. Thank you very much. It was a lot of hard work. I didn't know what I was doing at all. I just kept buying stuff. No, I know that part. <laughs> that part I was well aware of. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, but you said you hadn't been to a lot of weddings. Uh, I haven't, no, so I didn't know what to expect, and I just, as I said, I would go on Pinterest, I would go on Instagram and see things like, oh, I, we need to print a menu off, or we need to have, you know, candles on the tables or something, so I just kept buying things, and on the day, I just had no idea how it was going to come together at all. Which is probably a good thing, because I think a lot of things, a lot of elements of our wedding were untraditional traditional a little bit yeah. we broke a lot of wedding etiquette yes um our our um it was a roast your wedding was a roast it was a, yeah, it was, it was a roast it was basically James a roast I got burned real bad and it was hilarious I cried on my wedding day as I always thought that I would uh but it wasn't uh just because of the immense beauty of my bride uh, it was because I was laughing so hard I was crying yeah Someone had to give me a Kleenex at one point during the ceremony because I couldn't keep my stuff together. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. It was. I I, I walked up to the. It wasn't the altar. What do you call it? I don't even know what we stage. call it. Stage. I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. I'm overcome with emotion. And the second the officiant started talking, I couldn't stop laughing. I was in pain, physical pain. Again, not a not a an official officiant <laughs> because we went and did the paperwork ahead of time to make sure that our friend Randall, who did the ceremony, didn't actually have to worry about any of that. And we didn't do a walk off. Like as soon as it was, you know, I do, you do, 
rings, we just walked off the stage and grabbed a drink and walked into the crowd and started partying. And then we had our first dance, which we'd been working on for a few months beforehand because we had Sharna Burgess um, choreograph a dance for us. Yeah, uh, that was she really was awesome. Cool. Yeah, she came to town to Indy and then she came early to the wedding in Toronto for a week and we practiced like crazy. And I messed up a lot, but no, he didn't. It was great. It was but... great. And then we got to the reception where, yeah, like Tim says, it was a roast. The speeches were all massively offensive and really inappropriate. And Way too many people talking. <laughs> exactly, exactly what we wanted. And then uh, Alex, the Alex, does this sound and... like does this sound like their wedding to you? Yeah, no, pretty much. Yep, that <laughs> sounds about about right. Um, I was expecting a lot of things when I went to your guys' wedding. I was not expecting to hear constant jokes about how bad you are at, at racing. I, I mean, that was don't get me wrong. I loved it. You were made fun of a lot <laughs> on your own wedding day. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, I, I felt like what. Imagine it, what I people are going to say about you on your wedding day. Too. I'm never going to get gonna, married. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I finally felt like what it what it's like to be Tim on this podcast. I think my favorite burn of the night was when the, the MCs at dinner said, uh, you know, we're going to be the MCs. And James, because you don't see this often, this is what a podium looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a popular themed joke uh, in the evening, certainly. Uh, one of my favorite parts was, you know, when we broke into the pool area uh, of the patio. They were to be, mad. To be fair, they, they, they allowed us that space. <laughs> no, they and did, and so, they told me that swimming wasn't encouraged, and I said that's not that's not good enough. It's either a hard yes or a hard no, because not encouraged doesn't fly with anybody. It's way right too now. gray area. <laughs> yeah, and I had had money on Thim being the first guy in the pool, and so as everybody was sort of migrating towards the pool, and it was becoming obvious this was going to happen. He looked at me and he goes, you had money on me going in first, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, split it with me? I said, deal. And he, run and, he ran and cannonballed into the pool. <laughs> Fully close. And you still have not split that with me, by the way. I have not been paid yet. As soon as I receive payment, I will split it with you. I think what we can say, the best thing about the wedding, and this should be a theme at every single wedding, is Connor Daly couldn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> that was by far my favorite part of the wedding. Because <laughs> it I meant know, I got a bunk bed I to myself. Did. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I I thoroughly missed Connor and I know how badly he wanted to be there, how hard he tried to make something work with, you know, private jets and all sorts of craziness and and unfortunately, he didn't even have a good weekend in his racing commitments at Road America, so it just kind of made it even worse. So I I feel bad. I wish Connor had been able to make it. He would have added something to the show. Well, okay. it was nice of uh, it was nice of Newgarden to take over the the job of being the spectacle on the dance floor. I mean, I think Joseph made a very good case for uh, his for, his you know, dancing his, with the stars application. Like, <laughs> exactly, he actually can dance. Yeah, yeah, who knew? <laughs> and Sharna was there, and I think I even when I was on the show, I even said like, "Hey, if any other anyone else from IndyCar should do this, it's Joseph." And like, thanks. And now now she's seen it. I mean, really, Alex, would you like to do that show? Because I can make a call right now. No, thank you. That's I just that. I just want to be included, you know. Well, he, Joseph single-handedly started that dance floor. He got it going. He, like immediately after and dinner too. I wasn't ready. It was great. Yeah, he, and he did not legend. stop. There, he, that he didn't was. Charlie, what was your favorite part of the wedding? I've been asked that a couple of times now, but I honestly I don't know. Can't it pick was, one. No, I loved all of it. I was so happy with it. 
I have no regrets at all. There was no drama, nothing like fell through, nothing didn't go off the way it was supposed to. The no. weather held out, like everything the was. Weather held, it poured during dinner, but we had dinner inside. And then by the time we were done dinner, it was over and no one, you can even tell. Yeah. So no, the, there's, I don't know. It was, there's nothing. It was and perfect. I don't want to think too hard about that. Mwah. I can't wait to see the video. And the like professional like photos from the mm-hmm. photographers. I think you I think you guys have like in in that day or maybe that whole week you like encapsulated is that the right word in great word encapsulated what like a wedding should be considering it's 2019 like people are already like oh you know I want to get married but why have a ceremony and there's all this debate that goes back and forth right but at the end of the day. You should have a ceremony because it's a special day with your friends and family and obviously um, the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. But like to do it in a way that's like fun and in an event and almost like a just like an afternoon evening party type thing, I think was really cool and something that is very current. And uh, a lot of people should take note. So. Tim, you should take note. uh, Speaking of taking note, Alex, you going to you going to make that jump anytime soon? No, no, no. <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> but at least, you know, now we've given you a template on how to do it. You know, you guys, you guys have, have created the template. And I, <laughs> very, no, I think it was a nice hybrid. You know, it, 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 uh, it had enough of like the traditional elements that you knew it was a yeah. wedding that was happening and not like, just a like, party. Like, like the bride's father speaking. Yes, the the father of the bride speech and uh, the walking down of the aisles and the switching of the rings and the you know, turning of keys to Becky's dance. apartment. Yeah, we yeah that's true. We missed the father daughter dance. Well, that's because Joseph took over the dance. Floor. That's true. It was sort of inappropriate to do it. By the time Joseph hit the dance floor, we were not doing any slow dancing. No. There was too much sweat. There. there was too much sweat on the floor. You would have seen. By the time Joseph got there, that was Joseph's dance floor. That was no longer any of ours to take. I was happy to give it to him. That too. was that was JoJo's house, and he got everybody on the floor. It was great, yeah. phenomenal. No, it was a huge success. Uh, super happy. I remember all of it, which is good. Same. I think you're like too busy, like seeing people and talking to people and having fun and whatever to like get too out of control. Wasted. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember. Perfect balance. It was a great balance. I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Becky. So, are you going to start guys. a new career as a wedding planner? Because oh no. you know, so you know, stressful. not only did you do it in real life, but you also kind of were around during Christmas Wedding Planner. You know that movie <laughs> you were in. Available now on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't the wedding planner. No, I know that. Available on Netflix. You got firsthand experience. Wedding planner. Sorry, Um, I don't. I'd help my friends do it for sure. Um, I don't think I could wedding plan though. It's I'm, I, I get too stressed out and overwhelmed. I was stressed out and overwhelmed right up into the day, and then we woke up Saturday morning. And I was like, all right, whatever happens today out, happens. You wouldn't be stressed out and overwhelmed if you were making like three hundred bucks an hour. That's true, actually. I should look more into this. Thanks, Alice. That would reduce the stress level, I think, yeah. for everybody. You'd be, you'd be like pretty calm because you know it's not your money it's anymore. <laughs> It'd make me like doing this <laughs> podcast if I was making that. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Yeah, same. The one, you know what? We did make one big mistake though. We we made little gift boxes for everybody that came, little kind of loot bag things, and in them they had a little mini box of gummy bears. They were pink grapefruit gummy bears because it matched like the colors of the flowers or the wedding or whatever. 
And we had a bit of a panic like two weeks before the wedding that we hadn't ordered enough gummy bears to fill up all the boxes. And so we just did a complete panic order of so how many pounds of candy do you need? You don't know how many pounds you're going to need. And like, because the, the gummy bears were in one place, but the little boxes were in another place. And so we couldn't test how many gummy bears fit into one of the little boxes to know how many bags of gummy bears we needed. So long story short, I think we ordered something in the range of like 30 pounds, no, 50 pounds, 50 pounds, pounds of gummy pounds. bears. And I think, wants gummy bears, I think like we needed about 10. So if anybody wants some pink grapefruit gummy bears, we are offering them at a discount price of get them out of my basement. Just what I want, <laughs> used pre-owned gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> They're not used, but they are pre-owned. I think on that note, congratulations to the Hinchcliffs, or, or the Daltons, sorry, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Dalton. Uh, and yeah, uh, I Alex, go let's JD go find now. another wedding party to go to because that was fun. Yeah, Tim, uh, let's uh, let's make that our thing. So <laughs> I'm excited about it. One more thing for the fans, Fanimation fans, that is. Fanimation ceiling fans are fans of fans. That's a lot of fans. They've immersed themselves in both the art and science of fan making, considering every detail of design and functionality. Today, their fans are the perfect fusion of an age-old craft and the latest technology advancements. With artful styles, efficient air movement, and unprecedented convenience and control, Fanimation fans provide an air of distinction in any space. Their fans are sold across the USA and around the world, but their headquarters is right here in Indiana. Go to Fanimation.com to find where you can get your very own Fanimation fan today. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to add producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Thim. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.